Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Three, two, one. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, Brian and I recorded directly after the Bucks nets game. Ugh, painful. But uh, we talked about exactly why was James Harden so intent on feeding Nick Claxton. Uh, Steve Nash's decision to start Nick Claxton and Blake Griffin together. We dive into that. And we look forward at the upcoming schedule, including... The matchup against Ben Simmons, maybe, and the 76ers. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Coming up right now is Brian and I's live reaction show that we did on YouTube directly after the Bucks Nets game. Man, it was a super fun show, even though the game wasn't that fun. Um, I'm so glad to finally have basketball back on our TVs. And before we get started on today's show, just want to say this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more. DirecTV.com. Wow. Brian, Nets basketball. How great is it to have it back, Brian? So good to see you. So good to talk to you after a game. How are you, Brian? I'm with you. Sorry, I had to adjust something. I am here. I am well. I am. Well, I'm not well. I'm actually super triggered and butthurt. Um, <laughs> that was from start to finish. Uh, starting with the stupid rings um, and then ending with just a, a pewtered out, never could get it going uh, rally that just didn't happen. Um, I'm, I mean, it's fine. It's game one, whatever. But it was kind of a that was a that was a crummy game. Like that was not great. Yeah, it was. It actually was like. You really don't want to, and and David eight twenty four in the chat fire Nash. Yeah, probably makes sense. They should fire solid take, solid take already. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, properly, uh, properly uh, uh, weighted this early in the season. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'm a little worried, Brian. No, you're not. You're not really. You're not really worried. Stop. It it looks. You know what? You know who they could have used out there on the floor? Kyrie Irving. They could have used Kyrie Irving. Don't invoke him yet. That's... They could have used someone who was able to get it, get in the paint at will. I mean, obviously Durant could do that, but still, at times for Durant, it's like it's. I mean, he can't do it all by himself. Harden was good in the first half, not so good in the second half. All by they himself. Could have used one of the greatest ball handlers, one of the greatest scorers of his generation, yeah. um, and they didn't have him, and they they sucked. They, I mean, they suck tonight. I agree, but um, 
part of the issue here was, and there's some good, let's just start like doing some, some engagement with the chat here. Yeah. Uh, Sean, good friend, a good friend of the show, a good friend of the pod. Uh, Patty Mills hit a th- uh, three right after Smoltz left the stream. Coincidence, I think not. Um, the battle continues between you two, um, <laughs> and it will go on for some time. Um, I think that like a big part of what didn't make sense for me for this game was this, and we talked about it pretty heavily in in, in the Discord. Shout out to the Discord and in the chat, which is our insistence insistence on feeding Nick Claxton alley-oops to <laughs> to nowhere to no end and the comparison i was talking about was like it's like in um like when you're playing nba jam and you really want to get team fire and you're just hoisting up improbable alley-oops uh and you're hitting like one of every three maybe you get two in a row but that third yeah. is never happening it's so far out of reach that was it that was all night long with us trying to to like that nick claxon our worst pop potentially worst Offensive player on the floor was the focal point of our offense was a macro strategical problem for us, Mike. That wasn't, (laughs) that wasn't good. That was not. So so I have some issues with where our heads are at. Um, I don't know who's, who's, it felt like we had made this decision. Like we're going to do this and we're going to feed clacks in the ball. Um, And then when it wasn't working, they were like, guys, remember the plan. Don't forget the plan. (laughs) The plan sucked. You have to move on. The plan is bad. This wasn't a we decision, Brian. I think it was a James Harden decision. Like James Harden made it his goal in life. I don't know. Wait, to make Nick Claxton's life hell or to make him a whole bunch of money because he was going to get 20 points just by being super tall and athletic. My comparison is like Harden, (laughs) Harden was so frustrated by what was happening with Nick Claxton that he was like a dad who was potty training his kid. And then his son peed in a plant, like a, a plant pot, like yeah. just like what's happening. Like we with the potty is where you go, not in a plant. Mm. Um, true. Big true. I'm worried. Can I be worried? I mean, this is okay. Why? Why, this, why, why be worried? Don't add the big. I mean, it was one bad game. I'm just saying I'm pointing out like that's there's plenty of a little worried about no Claxton, Brian. Don't try <laughs> yeah, to get me off my take. I'm worried about Nick Claxton. Yeah. Um, I'm I mean, just that's, worried. My, that's my take usually. And now I'm, I feel like I'm trying to yeah. defend the, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I'm just worried about Nick Claxton a little bit because, uh, like every rebound that he got was like a rebound that was obviously towards him, right? Like he didn't get any like extra rebounds. He didn't fight for 50 50 balls. So he's not providing the rebounding. This game, he was like oddly didn't look very switchy. He was kind of stuck. He didn't, he didn't show the defensive force that he usually is. And he, at times he flushed it down, but he, um, he wasn't perfect. And you kind of almost expect perfection by how good the passes are with James Harden. I don't know, Bri, I'm a little worried. I mean, this is all reaction, you know, (laughs) first impression reaction theater after the first game, but I'm a tad bit worried. What, What's happening in our chat, by the so way? So in the chat, people are pretty heavy questioning. There's a bunch of Bruce Brown questions in a row. Um, totally fair. Why? Where was Bruce? Why was he? I mean, uh, we be, like we kind of assumed that he was hurt to the like by the end of that game, and then he came in and played garbage minutes. So <laughs> he was he was around there to 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 be had, um, and we didn't play him. Um, I didn't see how deep our rotation went, but uh, it didn't get too, too crazy. I don't believe. Well, um, well, basically Nash went 10, 10 deep for most of the game, not counting what happened at the end when Bembry and Cam Thomas and Bruce Brown got into the game after having not played the whole game. It was, 
I mean, basically, it was the starters with Nick Claxton as in as a starter. And then the bench unit was Javon Carter, Patty Mills, James Johnson, LaMarcus Aldridge, and like some Paul Millsap. We didn't get a whole lot of Paul Millsap tonight, um, which is your boy. I mean, okay, okay. I, I think I think we can all be serious here and just be like, obviously, this team is still figuring it out. The Bucks are about the. I mean, they literally are the worst matchup to have in Game One. It's the night that the you know they get the rings. There's all that energy in the building. Uh, the team has the most continuity of all the best teams in the NBA. They have the most continuity, um, and the Nets are in tremendous upheaval because. Kyrie Irving won't get vaccinated. They have a bunch of new pieces on the team. I mean, like James Johnson played serious minutes tonight. LaMarcus Aldridge played a lot of minutes and he played five games last year. Nick Claxton started, and I don't I don't think he started all that much last year, if he ever did. Um there and Javon Carter. Javon Carter playing over Bruce Brown. The TJC Yanks five, hundred percent right. The Nets are not back. The Nets are not back. Um Lou uh wants to talk about lamarcus aldridge and um so there, i mean like okay so he's got big play myself into shape energy like that is big, true i mean but that's also, little that's a little slow so we when we were talking about this like the claxton issue seemed to be central because of just how the how much of the focal point he was like and everything that he did also again like we'll, we'll continue to we'll probably stop talking about this at some point but the conditioning seemed to be like a legitimate issue um we were thinking about like okay so like an adjustment you can make is one like stop making him option one a a while like james harden and and kevin durant are on the floor can we can we chill but then option but the second part of that is like okay so let's say you do sub him out and then like lamarcus aldridge is your sub if you're looking to have a springy pick and roll dude who's not like gassed that I mean like that's you know you're in a tough spot um because we don't have any other ver- the next version of that is what like Blake Griffin who's also starting next to Nick Claxton so he's already been playing um yeah I don't know I I would say that like my only concern right now is rotationally like if Nick Claxton continues to have conditioning issues how can you get a like a, a solid pick and roll partner next to James Harden. I mean, it's, it's worth saying that Bruce Brown was a very effective pick and roll bro <laughs> last year, but it's obviously that's not the solution. I mean, he's a great plug and play dude. Everyone loves Bruce. Um, I think that we should have seen more of him as we like let our lead or let their lead expand at, at many times. Sure. Um, and especially like the Javon Carter plus Patty Mills things, you know, a lot of what they do is sort of, um similar right they're like sort of scoring capable scorer backup point guard guys and javon is obviously like a you know more um fledgling version of that although there's reason to believe he could be pretty good um that's a similar player so i don't you know i don't see that there's a ton of overlap there i mean i don't know who where bruce brown gets his minutes over i guess it's james johnson's minutes or something like that it's more like of a wing player um what what, what kind of what i kind of think it was was that the fact because james johnson was playing and he was playing in bench units he was out there in the floor with marcus aldridge who like obviously he can hit threes but he just doesn't shoot threes he shoots i think he shot one three a game with the nets in those five games last year there were a lot of non-shooters on the floor if you put James Johnson out there. And if you put Bruce Brown out there, that's a really clunky team. So I, what I think is going to happen potentially early on, we didn't see that much of Paul Millsap, uh, but we saw a decent amount of LaMarcus Aldridge. I think that Nash is going to play Millsap 
and Bruce Brown together because Millsap's a fairly reliable three-point shooter. Not great, but fairly reliable. And Bruce Brown isn't. And then James Johnson and LaMarcus Aldridge are going to play together because James Johnson can't shoot threes, but LaMarcus Aldridge, like, kind of can, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I I think it was just, like, where are the minutes going to go? They wanted to see Javon Carter. They must really like Javon Carter. There's buzz out of him about camp, about him hitting threes at a pretty high clip. If he plays his defense, I mean, here's the positive. Here's a, a tangible give it, positive, give it to me. Brian. Lay it on me, brother. I need it. <laughs> there was a, there was a moment in the third quarter. James Johnson was guarding someone pretty fiercely. There was a switch where Javon Carter had to switch on to him, and Javon Carter guarded that person pretty f- uh, fiercely, and it ended up in a missed shot. Last year, there just weren't that many guys on the team that were like <laughs> visibly caring about defense. And at least on this bench unit, Carter really does. He he shows that he is. He's like the kid in class who sits in the front and raises his hand for every question. Like he wants you to know that he plays defense. Mm-hmm. And James Johnson, I liked like his like awkward, like in a good way, his awkward, like almost Rodion's Karuk's vibes on the floor. Uh that like he would he would do sort of unpredictable things, particularly defensively. KGP in our chat has a great point, and we, we need to discuss this. He says, I think losing this game isn't a big issue. It's getting blown out and not putting up much of a fight, both tactically from a coaching standpoint, as well as effort. Nash made a very clear decision. If if you're listening to us now on the podcast later after tonight and you didn't finish the game because it was a blowout, with about three minutes left, three and a half minutes left, the Nets were down by only like 14 points, Nash put in the entire bench unit. He put in guys like Cam Thomas and Bembry and Bruce Brown who hadn't played the whole game put them on the floor and the Bucks still had Giannis and Chris Middleton. Um, Nash may, and he had done this a lot last year. Nash is pretty quick with deciding, Hey, this game's not worth it. We're just not going to put those extra three minutes of end of game action on Katie and, and James Harden. What did you make of that? Brian, I always furious. I always like that. I like that because it makes me such a wuss. Brian, this is what's wrong with America, except like, Nash is Canadian. This is what's wrong with America. Okay. Well, never, never give up. Never say die. I mean, okay? I, that's how I, I would coach. These yeah. guys were playing 48 minutes every game. Look, I, when I play kickball, that's my feeling. That's where I agree with you. But when we're, you know, when we've got Kevin Durant's beautiful body to protect, I don't need an extra regular season win. That's getting unlikelier and unlikelier every second that ticks off the, the scoreboard. Um, in theory, I like what he's, I mean, I totally agree that like, it would be cool. It would have been a cool thing to be competitive around like the third quarter. That would have been way, that would have been a great time to be super, super competitive, but with like six minutes to go at, with like a 20 point deficit, I'm, or it was even, it was like what four minutes it was less, right? I mean, six minutes. It was, minutes it was would about have been four aggressive. minutes, but it was fourteen point deficit. It was it was within I, like hey two KD threes and ba- based, single digits. Based and on what we saw tonight, I, I have no reason to believe that that was like anything yeah, was going to happen. I hundred like, percent agree. In certain spots, it's fine, but like this is not like again. You know, we still have um, our like our hunky dory like like aw shucks 2019, 2018, 2019 nets like. Or like basically the Nets for the last two decades in in mind, you know, the days of watching Spencer Dinwiddie like, 
you know, get us back into a Houston Rockets game on the road, just chucking threes. Like we just don't, it doesn't matter that much anymore. Like it's, I know I get it. It's good. It's symbolically important. And like, there needs to be some version of that during the season at some points. Um, and I'm sure there will be, I'm sure we will have like improbable comebacks and, and come back to do it. And we just don't need to force it into a game. That's clearly just like a dud. It was a dud, dud centric game. This is a net centric podcast, and that was a dead centric game, Mike. That was a dead centric game. Um, yeah. Give me a positive, Brian. G- give the people the we are all dolphins in an aquarium, and you're throwing us chum. Yeah. So, like, I so a couple of positives that I liked. Obviously, like you know, Harden started off slow, but I think like kind of uh, despite having it stuck in his brain like i've <laughs> never he seen was gonna make nick claxon a star <laughs> that he was gonna get he saw your tweet mike about getting nick claxon paid and he's like <laughs> i want that to be well he got that tattooed on his ribs um but his step back three which had been like very much missing from the preseason and kind of missing from the end of last season too to to some extent uh appeared to be back in in spades so that was great rob greco by the way just gonna shout him out in the chat was saying uh donald sloan equals 38.4 percent from three on 1.6 attempts in 2015-2016 season these are important stats an underrated donald sloan (laughs) season important stats that's that's the high 30s to get donald sloan on the pot i'm really not sure why we haven't yet um d- d- does he still exist is he like is he still out there in the world did he ever exist again yeah. this could be a, another kaiser <laughs> he was just a situation generated player <laughs> yeah um J- jose m says there's still question marks with nash which wow. we might need to we might we, need to get people to people are out we, with their people are out. forks people for are ready to go nash. um another positive lou says is cam's points per game was 18 per 36 that's rookie of the year numbers that's true big true um <laughs> yeah i did notice that cam comes in immediately takes a pull-up jumper it's like dude yeah come on man from, 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 moment. from truly like no man's land too like he like <laughs> yeah. he was middle of nowhere and shot that um yeah, I'm trying to think of like other positives. I mean, it's uh, Patty Mills, huge positive, huge loved, positive. Loved, yeah. loved what I saw from Patty. Obviously, um, I was actually, even though I drafted him in our season preview pod. If you're listening to us on the podcast, or you're you're watching us on YouTube right now live. Um, we had a great season preview pod where we drafted the entire roster. Brian and I drafted against each other. Dude, my squad even, looks like trash right now compared to that's <laughs> crusty, crusty trash. Even though I drafted Patty Mills, I was a little worried about him in the preseason that like maybe there's like too much of the post Olympics, like, like, eh, I'm not really in shape anymore vibes uh, going on, but he was fantastic. He was like perfect uh, for what the Nets wanted in this situation. It was just that yeah. everyone else on the bench, they didn't do a single, th- like my, when this team is running at their optimal you're going to get like the like 8 to 10 to 12 points from the Marcus Aldridge. You're going to get a, like a few Javon Carter threes and your team, Paul Millsap's going to hit a few threes and then, you know, all those points add up and the Nets are feeling pretty good about themselves. Besides Patty Mills, no one else did a single thing coming from the bench. And that's yeah. a disappointment. There's a couple other things too. Like it was, I mean, we got, and these are, these are lame, lame sports takes, but I'll, I'm here. I am to give them live on YouTube, but like there is, there was some rebounding issues and there was some just straight up, like, you know, watching the bucks basically like 
even like Giannis, you know, I have my issues with because I think his like level of sloppiness like traipses into the dangerous territory. Like I actually, I think it's too much. Yeah, we um, need to have that conversation. But like in general, they just bomb the like they are just flying around recklessly. Uh, and I'll say this like we talked about this a little bit too, like in our last pod. Um, the zigging and zagging of like adapting to. Uh, modern offenses has like, I think the bucks are pretty much at the forefront of that. Their wing defenders are pretty locked in uh, like packing on even like, I haven't seen many guys who like do legitimate things to prevent Ke- Kevin Durant from getting the shot that he wants. And it was straight Pat Connaughton who was, who was pulling this off at times. And Chris Middleton definitely is like up in his space. Like those dudes were, were shutting shit down. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like this whole funny thing of like, there's so much hype about the Nets going into the year, even without Kyrie Irving, they're still the title favorites. Yet the team that won the title that they just played, and that team got mm-hmm. their rings, and there's all that emotion in the building. And they then that I mean, okay, is this a blowout blowout? I mean, it kind of turned into one. The Nets were pretty close. I'm going to say it was just because they had us figured out. Like, I just never felt at any point like we didn't yeah. like our, we didn't like we were not going to surprise them. That's just didn't feel ready. And I'm not even yeah. saying this is like they weren't prepared. Like Steve Nash didn't give them the proper game plan. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel like the Nets were like fully up and ready and active for this game. Like they just there, there was just like a weird energy coursing through them where the Bucks felt like. They were connected and they were like this team that had just picked up where they just left off in the NBA finals. Um, Nick in our chat say, said Joe Harris disappeared again. I don't know if I can put anything on Joe just because this game was so disjointed for most of the time when the Nets were on offense that there was never like a real great flow from because Harden was focusing so much on getting Nick Claxton the ball. And whenever KD has the ball, I mean, mostly he's looking for his own shot because he knows that his own shot is going to be better than anyone else on the floor. And and so they were kind of, they were the Nets were suffering because Harden, as great of a distributor as he is, was really only looking for Nick Claxton. Like, I, I'm, you know, I... I un, I, I You're said shocked to, and appalled. You're shocked I'm shocked and appalled. And appalled. <laughs> I, I said this to Brian on the Twitch stream that Brian does. I, I popped in for a guest appearance. Um, Shout out to the Twitch stream, by the way. We have fun over there. I mean, I can't put the link, but let's, you know. Let's link in the bio. Wink, wink, wink nudge, nudge. Yeah. Link in the bio. Hop in there. Um, it, it, I liked that even though it was kind of... Um, it did. It was counterproductive. The fact of how much how much Nick Claxton was being fed. I did like that Nash left him in there, tried to give him big minutes, put him in tough spots, made him the starter, a surprise starter in Game One against the, you know the the reigning NBA champions because they're going to need Nick Claxton in April, May, June, and July. They're going to need him to be really, really, really good and in the flow of the team. And we can't like this team can't just like mess around and like hope that he'll get there because he plays four minutes off the bench in the second quarter. They need him to play with Kevin Durant and James Harden. 
And it's going to look kind of ugly at times. Not that like Claxton was that bad. Like, I think if you listen to this pod and watch the game, you'd be like, wow, I'm going to look up Nick Claxton's box score and be like, what happened to him? No, yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because it's like relative to what he's been tasked with. And it kind of reminded me of how the the DeAndre Jordan treatment from last year that we've speculated was (laughs) like by design, which is to like like play DeAndre to the to the point where it just you couldn't help but see the the flaws that were basically uh dictating the this the decisions of the coaching staff and like there's been such a not that they ever give a shit about this kind of stuff but like there's been such clamoring for i mean the claxton stands and look i'm a claxton stand too to, to some degree not as much as every some other people no, you're but, not. but there's hate, hate <laughs> i don't hate but like the idea that he's going to come out and be um like like people are talking about uh grace in the chat is talking about it i thought he was like uh clint but more offensive more skilled offensively so that's you know in the small sample size theater when he's not starting against you know second teams and stuff like he can look that way but it, it is like a meaningful difference to be like if you're gonna like run him out as a focal point of your offense you're you're now we are gonna start to know like you're gonna have a bad time he needs to be a complimentary player uh as as of yet he's still so so young so so young and i'm not saying that like i'm kind of memeing with the steve nash is giving him the deandre treatment because i actually authentically think like they're just like we actually really depend on this dude this season like he needs to get into shape pronto and the only way you're going to do that is by playing a lot of minutes um against real competition speaking of which yes we're playing philly um on hell, <laughs> Angel C on hell uh, is saying, "Is Philly a big game?" And Sean Goodfriend highlights the fact that Claxton's about to guard Joel Embiid. Yeah, Thoughts? but is he going to guard Ben Simmons? Is Ben Simmons going to play in this game? I mean, I, you tell me you <laughs> you saw, of course, the the, the, the the chef's kiss, Ben Simmons. I mean, so if you can take anything from today, if if you view today as a in totality, this was a good day for the Nets because. What is happening in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons is ripping that team apart, ripping it apart. It is so delightful if you're a Nets fan, what is happening in Philadelphia. Um, Every general manager from what Rafi Stone in Houston last year by saying, by leaking out to reporters that we're willing to get comfortable with James Harden to what Daryl Morey is doing in Philadelphia where he, they're like, we're going to fine Ben Simmons if he doesn't play for us. And when he comes back to play, we're going to play him. And then if he doesn't practice, we'll throw him out of practice. But he, Ben is going to conform to what we want. All of those general managers don't have any clue what to do in these situations because they're not in the locker room and they're not on the practice court. What What is happening with Ben Simmons where he gets thrown out of practice because he doesn't want to practice? It's because you're forcing this guy to play for a team he doesn't want to. And you, we can all make fun of Ben Simmons for doing that, for, for not being a professional, but they are, they are a- allowing, the 76ers are allowing the situation to play out because they did not, they absolutely did not handle the Ben Simmons situation properly. They I could have done it. Yes. Say something though. Ben Simmons is so he obviously like heard everyone talking about like why don't you just do what James Harden did, did and just kind of like dog it like phone it in whatever and he just even like sucks at that like he over <laughs> he overdid that to the extent that he's now suspended for a game or whatever like you're not supposed to suck you're not supposed to like so discord and like suck that bad that it's like distra- a distraction you're supposed to like 
you know, plausibly suck. That's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) You, you, you even fucked that up. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a joy to watch. You can tell it's making this, it was a good time for you to bring that up because that is a source of Shannon Freud and glee. Um, well, after after this okay so I, I sent this out twitter poll and i want to ask you brian mm-hmm. what's a tougher situation and and be honest kyrie irving's vaccination stance or ben simmons's ben simmons eyes um it's a simmons eye yeah um his his like Simo. hey i don't want to i just don't want to be here like kyrie wants to play for the nets but he refuses to get vaccinated and he may in, in fact in the future and then all as well um ben simmons just doesn't want to play for the 76ers and will only be good if he gets traded what's a worse situation for a team i think i mean i think the the sixer situation is pretty undeniably worse like there it is theoretically possible that something happens one way or another with Kyrie Irving and then it's like yeah, it's fine. I was listening on the Ringer podcast where the guys were talking about as Roger Bell was talking about like if this gets to like 15 or 20 games and like maybe the Nets come out slow to start the season or something or even maybe worse they'd come out like blazing hot although that doesn't seem as likely um at the moment but um that it's going to like have a, a that's going to mean something to people um and they're going to be upset. Actually one thing that we didn't talk about and not to make this a whole Kyrie divergent thing cuz I sure you don't want to do it but like I was listening to that podcast and Roger Bell is actually very good. Super recommend. I hadn't actually listened to that show before, um, yeah, but he was like, smart. He and he's great. friends with Steve Nash. So oh, you perfect. Could, you, when you listen to him, sense. you can, if he's talking about the nets, we, you can kind of pick up some stuff from Steve that Steve Nash may have told him because Roger Bell, Steve Nash tried to hire Roger Bell as an assistant coach for the nets. Right. And so he was talking about like, look, you know, I have a, you know, my own sort of, career in mind when i think about this stuff with Kyrie irving like what what position i would be in in and from my perspective like i was a guy who was like often getting offered you know somewhere in the 10 million range to go play somewhere somewhat competitive or like take hey take this vetsman to go like you know play for the miami heat when he was playing and like win that championship and he was like if i had gone to the miami heat and like Dwayne wade had not played for in my opinion not a very good reason that would have been beef. That would have been a big problem for me because I, that's like, he's, I've now taken a paycheck cut and now we have our, you know, this championship window seems less likely. And that's the whole reason I signed up to be here. So he's like, dude, like they got to figure this out faster than you might realize before people start to be like, Oh, you're just going to now pop back in eh? like what's, you know, after now we've caused a whole big rift and, cause some problems. I just think like, it was an interesting insight to be like, that's where some of the player discord can actually start to get problematic long-term. But anyways, the whole yeah, well, we've yeah. talked about it where it's like the players have to answer questions for Kyrie and Kyrie's it's not like Kyrie's going to do weekly press conferences from his zoom office. Right. Which we he, honestly, he probably should do. Can I, like, can you at least live stream the, the touch football? I mean, I just be, if you're going to be a voice <laughs> of the voiceless, which is honestly the touch football community, we talked about this. I haven't yeah. heard from them in years. So <laughs> if you're going to at least so Kyrie me, is succeeding as give we're me talking. A, a, a live stream into, I just want to see what's going on. Who's playing who, you know, who's putting up numbers. If you're, if you're friends with Kyrie Irving and he says, Hey, like, you know, his situation, he says, Hey, do you guys want to play touch football? Don't you think you like, as a friend would be like, uh, Kyrie, I think you should stay home. I don't think you should play touch football while you're losing 16, $18 million a year. Dude, if you're, 
if you're Kyrie Irving's friend, you're already fucking. You're just, <laughs> you're just like, dude, tell me what to do. <laughs> you yeah. just tell me anything. I'll, Maybe, I'll show yeah. whatever Maybe. time, whatever, yeah. whatever thing <laughs> yeah. that you want to do yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm along for the ride here. Yeah. That's exactly. what I'm at. Exactly. Um, a lot of people are in our in our YouTube chat, and appreciate all of you are saying Ben Simmons' situation is worse. I think it. I just think it is. It's super we, worse. It's way worse. And also, I mean, we're not even doing this as like the Nets roster without Kyrie Irving is better than the Sixers roster without Ben Simmons. And I think there are probably more teams in the NBA that would trade for Ben Simmons than would for Kyrie Irving. But the Sixers need to get something back for Ben Simmons that is like just below an all-star, if not an actual all-star, to maintain this championship contention. Where the Nets, if they like just flip Kyrie Irving for, you know, like a pretty good, like a Spencer Dinwiddie type, like, you know, bench, pretty good bench player. Hey, that that would be a massive win at this point because we don't know what's happening with Kyrie Irving. Um, Nate, Nate Thompson with sage advice. And Nate, I appreciate you. I think everyone needs to chill. It's the first game of the season. We all, we all wanted to see Claxton get his minutes and he got some. It'll take time for him to adjust to a new feature role. I think yes. It's I, the best. It's the only good take so far. That's the I agree. <laughs> yeah, I we all should. Me, I should calm down. Me, um, come on the show. But just watching, I'm not going to calm down. Just watching him <laughs> go against Giannis and Brooke and and everyone else in the Bucks. It's like it it, it was it was just tough to see because he doesn't have that fighter gear in him, and they you kind of need that if you're playing the Bucks. Or if you're playing Joel Embiid or whoever else, if you're playing the Lakers in the finals, like this is the thing that the Nets fans that have obsessed over ever since KD finally got healthy and played starting last year was like, who is going to be, who's going to play center? Like at one point it was obviously Jared Allen and they trade Jared Allen for James Harden. Who, who's going to play center in the big moments? And it's good. Thank you, Nate. You're basically on the show to begin with. Um, it's good that, now, I think it's good that Nash stuck with him. That stuck with Claxton and was like, hey, let keep working at it. You're not going to get better by sitting on the bench. Another Steve Nash coaching wonder Wunderkind. Um, he's, he's got the big picture in mind, guys. That's he doesn't deal in momentary timeouts or substitutions. <laughs> he's got the big picture in mind. That's both true and also tr- a troll. That's what I've just said. Um, James Johnson. Let's just run through the roster and just give us. All right, let's do. We'll, we'll we'll do a quick run. Varnished, yeah. not unvarnished. I want your varnish takes. Uh, James Johnson uh, can't have no reaction. Great, <laughs> no, hair, great facial hair. Obviously, yeah. couldn't stop fouling everybody in sight. Uh, I appreciated that. Yeah, which actually, actually I'll he, was, was, he was more athletic than what I was prepared for. Like I, I thought he was going to be pretty washed. And he's not washed. It was like there's definitely athleticism in yeah, there. There's his definitely, legs are there. Yeah. There's there's like a again. I think it's like a little Rodion's Karuksis. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little chaotic. He's obviously a way smarter player than Rodion's was because James Johnson's been in the NBA for a decade. But he, he knows when to turn it off a little bit. That yeah, that, uh, that X factor. And I and I liked it. You yeah. know, but I do wonder if you're looking at a rotation of like James Johnson, Paul Millsap, Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton. It was a and technically Bruce Brown. <laughs> it was a statement to be like James Johnson's like our backup 
backup power forward. Like yeah. that's that was a statement by Steve Nash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Paul Millsap, I feel like I didn't don't even see remember Paul him. Millsap. Don't even remember him, to be honest with you. I, I remember him passing up a three and, at the end of a shot clock that he should have shot. And I was like, that was it. That's all I can really truly remember. Were you happy Javon Carter played as much as he did? <clears throat> or are you the Bruce Brown crowd? Uh, I don't I don't know that they play the same position. I don't think that they're the ones that you're intrigued. I honestly think that it's James Johnson and Bruce Brown that are fighting for those minutes. Um because they seem more off the ball X factor bros um, in whatever shape or size they come in. So I did like the, J- the Javon Carter moments. I don't uh, like he, you know, I think he's still kind of finding his way, but uh, he seems so confident in his ball handling and, and there's no reason to doubt it at the moment. Uh, it's just nice to see a guy like we often talked about this, like Mike James's in his ability to like initiate, but like to nowhere it was just like initiation with no, with just like maybe a random floater that like flies out of his ass. Like that was sort of his version of initiating an offense where Javon Carter can do something. He can like keep his dribble. He can kind of like squirrel about a little bit. Um, I don't know that he's like the deftest playmaker quite yet. Obviously this is like first game one. So like, it's tough to be your third, like third string point guard. who's playing significant minutes suddenly. Um, So I get that, but yeah, from, from like, just like a, a dude watching basketball perspective, he seems pretty good. He seems fluid, and I I, I feel confident when he has the ball. Uh, not more so than Patty, but you know whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of said this before, but like there were just too many guys in the roster last year, which a team that probably would have won the championship if everyone was healthy. I'm I'm almost like 100 percent sure they would have won the championship, mm-hmm. but there was just too many guys in the roster last year that didn't really care about defense on on any level or or, or didn't have the one two coach speak and i just i appreciate it's like if you break up with someone and the next person that you start dating is like kind of the opposite you know or the coach who gets fired the former coaches like has a strong grip on the team and the second one is like much more player friendly Mm. i appreciate seeing javon carter's showy style of defense even if it's not all that effective um Mm-hmm. I still Very think sure. Javon Carter's best 
where he's going to flourish is if he's playing next to James Harden and he's getting open threes because he's never really going to be a guy who's going to create. Like, I agree with you where he like he has a, a ball handling skill where it's not sloppy. He can kind of get you into the sets that you need to. But he still really needs to be playing with someone who's a real point guard who can actually run an offense, who can actually create where he can then feed off of that person and then guard the opposing team's point guard. Um, can, can I point out too, like yeah. a, a sort of a, a thing happening in the chat? There's <clears throat> Luke Gray says Harden looked great tonight, finished through contact, and one plays, knocking down threes. And then there's people like Chinny who's saying, I, I am kind of concerned for Harden. It seemed like that was a player where there's a couple of um, some divisive takes happening in the chat, Mike. Um, where do yeah. you fall on the spectrum of Harden good v. Harden bad? It felt like again. I'm not gonna bring. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna bring up the Nick Claxton thing like a ton more because we, we, we did it so many times. But it felt like Harden was trying shit out during the game on like a preseasony level, mm-hmm. where like if he was really locked in, if the team itself was locked into trying to getting this win he would have been much more aggressive on getting his own shot. I mean, he only shot the ball 16 times, which for him is not that much, uh, but he was 28 and eight. I think that was the number for him. Yeah. I mean, he didn't look that great, but he's also, I mean, we've talked about this before. He's not this guy who it, like, he also kind of plays himself into shape, even though he does do yoga like you do, Brian. See all um, I do. Do he yoga put, and pull-ups. That's it. But he plays himself into shape. And so this is early season. I think that's just like my big takeaway is that the Bucks, because of the level, the amount of players that were on the team last year that returned for this year, they have this connective and this fluidity where the Nets, because of last year, was such a such a mess because of injuries. They had the Kyrie situation situation in training camp and preseason. They start a, a starting lineup that had never the the team those guys had never played together. Durant, Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton, Joe Harrison, James Harden. They never played together last year. It just wasn't a cohesive team. And, you know, at, at times they had a shot of actually getting a dub. I mean, there wasn't that close, but they could have. Uh, Brian, some news for you. You ready okay. for this? Yeah. Uh, James Harden, when asked about not signing his extension by the deadline, because he had the opportunity to sign a, mm-hmm. a four-year extension. I love it here. I feel at home. It's nothing to worry about. For me individually, I just want to focus on this year. I don't plan on leaving this organization. Nice. Does that make you feel better? That is helpful. I will say um, one take that I just came up with on the fly here. I was talking when I was thinking about this was I, I will say that like Harden seems to prioritize like integrating other people into the offense. But what I kind of really want to see is Harden and KD vibing. I would like to see their vibe on offense just slightly because it seems like we have like, okay, cool. We have these like two atomic bombs of NBA offensive weapons. Let's like separate them. And so that like we can stagger their minutes and always have an atomic bomb on the floor. And I want a double atomic bomb. I want to, I want to, <laughs> uh, the MOAB. What was it called? The mother of all bombs? Yeah. A MOAB. Wow. I, I want, <laughs> I want a MOAB. Um, Magneto says hi, by the way. To yeah, Brian, show. for the podcast audience, Brian is holding up his cat, Magneto. Yeah. Look at that cutie. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a – this is not really manufactured tension because I'm I'm sure neither of us are going to push back. 
I do think you need to have one or the other. Oh, you want to fight times. me on this? You yeah. want to you start <laughs> some shit? Because Kyrie Irving is not still on the team. If you had Kyrie, then that would be great. If you had, I mean, you could always have two on the floor at one time, and then the other one could be sitting. Um, I think this is the new paradigm where we don't we don't have a third star, and we are always kind of like having two guys out there and now we we don't we have oftentimes one of the other out there i think that's the fundamental difference i mean um no. duran said this as because we're getting as we're doing this we're getting post-game reaction from the players we he said we can't let another team shoot the ball 20 more times than us and that is an accurate statement i mean that like we typically don't Hustle, rebounding we we don't like that's not a, a, a stat discussed all that much during games is like the amount of sh- the shot difference between the two teams, but the the Nets it's going to be a little bit of a problem because they're not as good of a rebounding team, and the Bucks are a really good rebounding team specifically. Like Giannis had like three offensive rebounds in one possession. I will say this is a little bit of a misleading stat though, because if you have a very efficient offense, you are going to have less attempts. Yes. That's a so there is a little be to your point. Yes, there is something there. Um, it really depends on the match. But the Bucks just they just out. I mean, they destroyed the Nets on the boards. Agreed. I mean, and in this case, in this case, I would say like that you would be able to point to that side and be like, yeah, that's evidence of what, what was actually happening out here. But not always, I would say. Um, we, we haven't talked about Blake Griffin yet. Um, he <clears> took <throat> a charge, so I'm I'm happy. The charge he got like annihilated on a pretty hectic dunk attempt. <laughs> there's a lot of that. Like people are going splat everywhere. Yeah. Uh that was there's some some hectic plays. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, everyone looked like he was th- throw him in there with the other crusty vets who came out super crusty tonight. Your um, whole team that you my whole team that I love and will die for. Um, but yeah. Um okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. You are Steve Nash, okay. Um, you for this game you started Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Blake Griffin, and Nick Claxton. Are you trotting out the same starting lineup against the 76ers, or are you thinking of a different starting lineup and and who would you maybe put forward? Because I I would say for myself, I don't think you can sit. Sorry, you're going to say something, and I just came right. I came flying in like a a kindergartner who can't keep himself under control. Go ahead. So the only thing I would say is that I'm a little surprised LaMarcus Aldridge didn't start just like out of respect. (laughs) Like (laughs) he feels like a guy who kind of uh, wants that like level of respect. I mean, he, he played five games for the Nets last year, and he started all of them. Um, I understand. And we don't really remember that, <laughs> but yeah. he did. Uh, those things kind of mattered to, to players like LaMarcus Aldridge, but he didn't start in this game. And yeah. Nick Claxton did. Um, I almost wonder if it would be obviously better for Nick Claxton's growth if he started against Embiid and went against Embiid for the game and like continued to, to get those bumps and bruises. You know, uh, what is it? something makes diamonds stronger or something some there's some pressure 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 makes diamonds (laughs) yeah thank you uh i I do read nike (laughs) t-shirts but um you know i i knowing steve nash he probably will have a different starting lineup 
and it may be Bruce Brown <laughs> who didn't play basically at all. I wouldn't put it past him, but I also don't think it's the right thing to do. I mean, like Claxton, yes, whatever was was being targeted, but his problems weren't uh, because of like what he's actually good at. Like he was still de- good at playing defense. Like he did the thing that he's supposed to be doing. He just like was being put in a weirdly highlighted position that should not have been happening. So like it would be. It would be, I think, bad for two reasons. Bad because, like, when if you go back out there and run the same idea that like, we're going to prioritize Claxton, that's like that shows me that, like, oh god, something's terribly, terribly wrong here. But um, beyond that, uh, it's it's um, it's a problem for his own like personal growth. It would just suck to be like, eh, well, you had your one start and it didn't go well, so now like Lamarcus has that job forever. <laughs> like, if Lamarcus gets it, <laughs> he's never coming back. Uh, so yeah, for that reason, I think it's. Um, it's probably he's probably going to come back out game two, I think. Yeah, and and I we have not stated Nick Claxton's stats, and I will do that right now. Twelve point seven rebounds on six of nine shooting, no turnovers. Though it felt like he turned over the ball five times. It's just like because he didn't really catch it. Um, he went to the line. He missed all of his free throws. His free throw shot is so ugly. And that's, it's, I don't know what Car- Corver had made it worse. What is Corver doing? He's, <laughs> he's like, um, he's a mole. He's, he's a saboteur. He's been, he, yeah. he did play for the Bucks and right. he's and been, the Sixers. He's been sabotaging this team ever since they traded him for a fax machine. Yes. Maybe this is his long con. This is his, what's that and, movie? Um, old boy, old boy. <laughs> Yeah, where he starts, he puts the guy in a room so he can, like, yeah, do incestuous yeah. things. I don't, shouldn't tell you, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, um, that, yeah, don't want to spoil that one. That's a family flick right there. It is that's a family flick. One for- Mike, we've been going 45. How much longer do you want to go? I'm down to go longer, but no, I, I feel I feel pretty good. I mean, we, we didn't really hit Patty Mills enough, but let's just give him proper due seven from 11 Sick. from the field, seven, yeah. seven from. Uh, the three point line, 21 points. If they didn't have this like amazing, immaculate Patty Mills game, uh, they would, it would have been an even sadder night. Um, but he was fantastic and he really supercharged the minutes that he was in. I mean, he, I think he's the only net who had, oh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills are the only guys who had uh, a positive plus minus. Your boy, Javon Carter, was minus 29 in his 19 minutes not uh not not super great but kevin durant was a minus 20 and kevin durant's one of the greatest players of all time uh durant was missing free throws he was three for six from the free free throw line um then it's really didn't get to the line like harden only got to the line and shot four free throws um that's kind of where i mean that's really the problem for me in this game is just that like the bucks could get inside the paint and then they could dish it out to shooters the Nets just didn't like do that enough. They didn't put enough pressure on the Bucks. They only scored 104 points. That's not that good. But Cam Thomas got his debut, and he scored two points in four minutes. He's a star. So He's a that. star. Um, we're not going to touch it, but Jefferson Belford says, what do you re- realistically think of the Kyrie situation? Oh, boy. We have so much time to talk about it. Nobody has a good take on this. Um, I know, there's so many people. I'll just do a quick thing. There's so many people that say, like, David Aldridge wrote this. I think John Hollinger wrote this in The Athletic. If you want to be an athletic reader and subscriber, go to theathletic.com. Or, or also guys. smush subscribe on the YouTube if you're hanging out, by the way. Smush. I was um, supposed to tell people to do that. Um, so many people are saying they think Kyrie Irving's going to get the shot at some point. 
I think that's only a guess. Like, I don't think that's coming because Kyrie doesn't really have like a well-sourced network of people that, that you can reliably get information out of, out of Kyrie's camp. Right. That doesn't even really exist. Um, I do wonder though, this game happened and I would hope Kyrie Irving watched it. And does he feel a, a tinge of, of regret for not getting it? Um, Adam Silver also, yeah. Luke Gray says Adam Silver directly addressed Kyrie's situation. He um, more likely thing- feels a tinge of turf toe, Mike, because he's been playing <laughs> football all afternoon again. And again, Brian and I's position is very simple. We don't care about him as a basketball player. It's about him as a person. Yeah. And Kyrie should just get the shot because it's good for you and the people around you. Like, that's also, we don't talk about that enough. It's like, it's just good you're going for high, you. You're, go, you're going high road on it. And I love it, but nobody believes you, Mike. I don't it's believe It's good you. for you. I mean, it I believe that part, to be, but I don't believe you. <laughs> that's it, not the reason you care about Kyrie. It, was, and yeah. and it, even if, if Kyrie is not scared of COVID for himself, it's good for the people around him who are older and who maybe they have the shot, but then, you know. They're more in danger of having a breakthrough case because they're around someone who isn't vaccinated. Yeah. That's a that's a hot take for the end. That's of the a pop. great take. Lord Loss says, shout out to Lord Loss, good name. Remember remember at the beginning of last season when we went six and six and everyone freaked out, we'll be fine. True. Big true. I love when people have neutral <laughs> neutral fat takes. You know, like I was saying, like a brie cheese, and I, I you know, I, I have heartburn after brie is not neutral. Brie is brie is neutral. Well, you think it's, it's acidic? Too, no, but it's too cre. It's so creamy. It's that's the, the point. That's a neutral fat. It's a creamy th- cream yeah, is a neutral no, fat. Understand. But it, the experience of brie, I don't think I think if you walked around the street and said, "Is brie a neutral cheese?" I think most people would say, like brie is an exotic cheese to most people. Exotic. That's, that's the scariest thing I've heard all night, that brie would be an exotic cheese for people. Um, Mike, take us out of here. Um, thank you all so much for being here on the YouTube stream. We'll be doing so much and so many more of these throughout the season. It's such a fun experience to have you all in here. We can chat with you directly. Um, find us, podcast. Go to Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You could do that as well. Um, also, if you become an athletic subscriber, the athletic.com slash glue guys, you can listen to our podcast without ads. There just being no ads in them. So that's super cool. Um, and smush the follow on the YouTube. Because again, we're going to be doing a lot more of these. Uh, Brie is the Switzerland of cheese. It's that's neutral, buddy. Says. That's neutral. You get it? Alan says Brie equals mayo equals neutral. You're, I'm telling you, I'm like, I, again, we don't need to drill you because you have, I the, think worst. You have the worst food. The worst psychologically, food it's not. Because you it's were, just not. Because I'm telling you, I'm a man of the people. All you have eaten for 20 years is bagel bites. So. Uh, was your high school public or private? Both. I went to both the public. <laughs> and then where did, you, where did you graduate from? I, public. Yeah. What happened to your... Wait. That's where did you, you start? Did started, you start private? I got kicked out of the private school. Boy, go, let's go. Road let's dog. Go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Fuck that private school. All right. Well, that's a great way to end the show. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. For Thanks, me. everybody. Um, that's, I mean, we'll probably clip that for the thing, but hey, guys, chat, thank you so much for hanging out. If you still haven't smushed yeah. 
any of the things. Um, I'll probably go right back on Twitch because I was planning on watching this Lakers game. So see you guys over there if you want to hop on and meet me there. Otherwise, we're out. Jason Kidd style free throw kisses to each and every one of you. We'll see you on, well, after maybe the Sixers game, right? I don't know. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.